While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. The documentation I'm looking at today is from 1887. This is a moving through Georgia extra, and today, Halloween. It was always kind of a struggle in the South regarding Halloween, because Halloween is the day before the Feast of All Hallows, which is a Catholic holiday. November 1st, the Feast of All Saints, is a holy day of obligation where Catholics do need to attend Mass. It was started by the Pope in 607. The idea of the night before being a night of fun and superstition started mostly in Scotland and in the Americas. So, if there is a Halloween party in Georgia, what can you expect? Well, first, a lot of games. One game that lasts most of the party is the idea of looking for the number seven. Either a group of seven apple seeds or a group of uh, seven pieces of popcorn. This article says the girl finding the highest multiple of seven is declared the leader for the evening. Of course, when you eat an apple, you have to count the seeds. If there are two seeds, that signifies that there will be an early wedding. Three means you will inherit. Four means you will become very wealthy. Five means you'll take a voyage across the sea. Six means you'll find fame as a public speaker. And seven, you will find the gift you most desire. Chestnuts are roasted over an open fire, but not like they are at Christmas. At Halloween, the chestnuts are named before they're placed on the fire. If they roast quietly, it means that you will have a long and true friendship with that person. If they fly about and pop, there will be a quarrel soon. If one of them breaks, loss of money is to be expected. And ones that won't stop moving show a relationship that is unstable and the other person may tend to fly off the handle. Alright, here's a game. Take a knife and pare an apple. Make a, the longest strip of apple peel you possibly can and then throw it over your right shoulder. On the floor behind you, it will form the initial of the man you are about to marry. Another thing that boys or girls could do is mix water with a lot of cornmeal until they make a thick dough. Then they write the names of people they like on slips of paper and put each one in a small ball of dough. Those balls of dough go into water and then you wait. Eventually one of those balls will break open and reveal a slip of paper. That is the name of your future husband or wife. This little article also says you should keep one of the pieces of paper blank to indicate someone you haven't met yet. Now, any dreams that someone has on Halloween are supposed to be foretellings of the future, so pay attention to whatever you dream on Halloween night. Here's a quote from this article. If a maiden stands before a mirror in a dark room at midnight and eats an apple, it is said that she will see the face of the one she loves looking over her shoulder. Now, if you want to fulfill your heart's desire, there are two things you could do. You could walk downstairs backwards at midnight with a lighted candle in your hand, 
or visit a cemetery at night. Do the candle, well, you know what? Don't even do the candle thing and don't visit a cemetery at night on Halloween. You will be arrested for trespassing. And the article closes by saying some of these games that the kids play with apples were played even back in ancient Rome. Now, I will say, when I moved to the south from New Jersey, there was one significant difference in the way people celebrated Halloween. In New Jersey, the night before Halloween was known as Mischief Night. From a very young age, we would arm ourselves with socks full of flour, or sometimes socks full of nickels, and go out and cause mischief. Well, usually that involved TPing our own houses or the houses of our friends because we never really wanted to get in trouble, but occasionally people did try more audacious stunts. Of course, the most famous Mischief Night stunt is taking the lid off of a can of shaving cream, the spray part, and then you put a pin in the hole where the shaving cream comes out and melt it with a lighter. It would cause the shaving cream to spray out sometimes over two feet if you did it right. The key, of course, was getting the shaving cream. Now, if your father was a good sport, they would leave their shaving cream out and have an extra can somewhere in the house so they wouldn't have to go without the next day. And don't think that we were irresponsible with lighters either. I mean, you wouldn't do something like melt a shaving cream cap unless you were, you know, at least in third grade. Anyway, when I moved to the South, I asked a bunch of high school kids when the mischief night curfew was, and they had no idea what I was talking about. They did, however, beg me for more details, which I refused to provide. You may know that there are other parts of the Northeast that refer to it as cabbage night. And in Detroit, they call it Hell Night, and they set a lot of buildings on fire. I mean, we didn't do that. That's a, that's a bit much. So have a wonderful Halloween. If you joined us on a Habersham County History, Mystery, Murder, and Mayhem walking tour, I want to say thank you for coming out. It was great seeing everybody and hearing some of the stories that you told me. The podcast is going to take a short break, as it usually does at this time, because school is starting to get busy. But stay subscribed. There will be more episodes in the future. We will end with my favorite Halloween quote. This is from the 1938 broadcast of War of the Worlds. So goodbye, everybody. And remember, please, for the next day or so, the terrible lesson you learned tonight. That grinning... Glowing globular invader of your living room is an inhabitant of the pumpkin patch, and if your doorbell rings and nobody's there, that was no Martian. It's Halloween.